Brain Noodles. This is the show from Geeks Like Us, where me and some of my colleagues talk about the things our brains are noodling on, what's going on, games, and life in the aftertimes. Uh, so today I'm joined by two amazing people because our third person is taking a class today, unfortunately. So how about we start with Rachel? Can you introduce yourself? Of course. Hi, I am Dr. Rachel Cowart. I am a research psychologist and the research director of Take This. And Sarah. Hello, I'm Dr. Sarah Sawyer. I am a clinical contributor of Take This. I also um, work as a private practitioner in Seattle, Washington, and lots of other cool stuff. I'm Dr. Megan Connell. I work co-founder of Geeks Like Us, do a lot of things there, private practice in Charlotte, North Carolina, and managing household stuff. <laughs> oh, so how are you two doing? How, how is life? Ah, you know, getting into the <laughs> another week has passed. Honestly, I think it's it's getting easier and harder as the week goes on. It's getting easier because there's like more of a what's the word besides dog barking because I have a perpetual delivery of Amazon. <laughs> um, it's getting more familiar, mm -hmm. but um, I think the mental health of my children. I have young children, uh, five and two, who very much like to socialize. Um, I'm seeing some decline there. It's getting really, really hard to keep them away from their friends and it's just hard as a parent because you want to do the best you can so that's kind of weighing on my mind but how are you doing Sarah? You know ditto on the dog barking a uh, little nervous it's getting on the audio track to be honest but I have a now three and a half month approaching on four month old puppy who you know furious is living up to her name always and has decided it's really fun to bark at people and dogs and get everybody's attention via her voice because we're social distancing. So that's really psychologically interesting and behaviorally interesting to witness because it's like socializing this puppy is different than it's ever been that I've seen since the early times. Because how, how in the heck do you socialize a puppy with social distancing? Thus, curious behavioral change. But otherwise, I'm okay. I, I would concur on the harder, easier clinical work is getting, I'm more tolerant and have more compassion resources than I feel like I have in weeks past where it's been a little bit more compassion fatigue, self-care and preparation. A lot of writing right now, a lot of recording right now. I'm re-recording a training right now. So it's like work, 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 work. But that's my very long exhaustive answer. How about you? How are you doing, Megan? Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, harder and easier. I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, I think I'm actually kind of dreading the end of the school year because I don't know what's going to happen with summer camps, if that's going to be a thing, um, if we're going to maintain the weekday weekend schedule that we have, or if everything's just going to turn into a big blur of the after times where nothing really matters. Um, so yeah, I don't know um, how that's all going to go. The It's interesting trying to do practice. Um, we're slowly opening up our office, um, but I'm being very insistent that we properly do what's being recommended so everyone wear a mask. But like, I'm one of the only providers that's actually wearing a mask, um, which is some weird social pressure. Uh, that And I, I'm trying to stand my ground and be like, no, this is what's recommended. This is what's safe if we're being proper good citizens who can have nice things like have our 
you know, communities reopened and have community pools and all those kinds of things. Again, we need to do these small things. And in so role, as role models, as clinicians is a good angle yeah. too. Like how yeah. do we show our clients what, cause I, our governor out in Washington is very conservative with mm -hmm. the, releasing much like Canada, I'm sure where like the rules and expectations are going to be really strict for a long time because of just the political climate of our state. And it's, it's been one of those, like, how do I put my money where my mouth is? Because I'm telling my clients to do all of these things. So I have to also do those things. And how do I sanitize a fabric couch? Tell me. I don't know how to reliably sanitize a fabric couch. You need to for the air on a non-fabric. You need to get a cover. You need to get a cover. I mean, honestly, if you want to sanitize it, you can't do it properly. You can sit them on right. the chair. You can get a, a, a plastic of some kind cover. You can sit them in a leather chair. You have a leather chair. And you sit on the couch. Um, think of all these ways we have to be creative. Um, but how do we sanitize the air? It can linger for 12 to 4, you know, like that it, kind of a thing. That's true. But you also have to, I've, I've been reading some stuff about I have like the highest anxiety of anyone I know. And I think about these things all the time constantly. <laughs> but if I want to take a step back and be like, if they are not having visible signs of sickness and coughing aerosol droplets into the air, right? You could spray Lysol in the air and feel pretty secure that there's not going to be virus particles. They should also wear a mask. So if they are coughing things into the air, it is contained right. to their face. Um, and you have a mask on as well. Yes. I mean, there are, you can spray um, Lysol if you can find it into the air. That's the other mm -hmm. thing. So, I mean, that's, that's, but Megan, that's how, how I've been trying to approach it. And we have four stages and stage four is when everything starts opening back up. Stage three is like under 75% capacity. But the thing is like, it's really weird to think about because I work in an office building where I rent one office amongst hundreds of other people. There's over a thousand offices in my building. So it's like, I can't trust that every single person's following those protocol. I don't have a clinic to rely on protocol. So I'm not allowing myself to visit in person with clients with very few exceptions um, uh, until phase four. And my clients are yeah. just going to have to deal with that or I can help them find someone else because that's my expectation of them to take care of themselves. And so I have to do that too. But that, that is also a privilege that I have in my location, in my right? Like we all have different expectations that we have to follow. You're part of a clinic system where like there's a certain protocol that is different than the protocol that I have as kind of a free agent in this way. Yeah. So it's yeah. hard. It, it's really hard. And like, I mean, for my sake, like I prefer doing the online therapy right now just because like, I don't, you know, it's, we just see this over and over again for everybody to stay home stay home. That is the best thing yeah. you can do right now is stay home. And so like it to it, pander to, I guess, like the, the fear, right. Of I'm afraid of the technology or whatever. I don't want to do it. I it's difficult, but then like, there are some cases where people like legit just, they, they live in a house that's so full of humans, they can't get a private space. Right. Um, and so like trying to find that balance of meeting people's needs and doing all of that. It's, it's a challenge. It's a lot. Ah. I do think though, the next fashion accessory is going to be masks. Um, yes. Redbubble's already doing um, masks as options for printing. I'm going to try to get a clinical role mask. Oh so, yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> so I'm very That's excited about awesome. that. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Ugh, great. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's going to bring geek stuff to a whole new level at cons. Everybody's going to have like cosplay themed masks. It's going to be cool. It is. Bane is going to be very popular. <laughs> yes. I just like that, uh, you know, come to the dark side, we have respirators. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, totally. We're going to see a lot of like Fallout cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. So have you all been playing any new games or like what kinds of things have you been? I'm going to do the what, what you've been playing early today. Ooh. Um, Gloomhaven is getting better for those who are following my saga in Gloomhaven. Um, we did our third dungeon this weekend and it was more strategy than just like brute force. Actually, a funny thing happened in Gloomhaven. We get into the dungeon and there's a, a bear, a cave bear, but the cave bear is friendly. Well, it's not friendly to us, but it will attack whoever's closest and the enemies are closest. So the cave bear is taking out the enemies for us. And I, I uh, mentioned it and my husband was like, oh, you know, like Baradin, Baradin is a bear um, in clinical role. So Baradin, I got him on Twitter and he said that his retirement plan is to be a cave bear, a friendly cave bear. That's what he's going to do. He's going to fight the enemies in the dungeons for the heroes. So that's Love all I have That and Animal Crossing, of course. <laughs> nice. How about you, Sarah? What have you been playing? Animal Crossing. <laughs> take take a shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Animal Crossing. Um, my wife and I have been getting very much into jigsaw puzzles. Uh, we did an absolutely migraine-inducing candy one. That was 1,500 pieces. And it was so difficult that on the back of the puzzle pieces, they have quadrants of the puzzle in different colors. Then we're like, okay, let's order some more. But we didn't order the same style. We just ordered hard puzzles. Oh no. So now we're trying to do these, This it's a montage of four dogs underwater going for like toys. You like the, the wet dog face under the water, it's kind of cool. But it's also like a whole bunch of water and a whole bunch of wet fur. So then it's like, great, dark brown blobby stuff. Cool, where's that one go? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, let's no. play more puzzly. I don't know, yeah. Those are kind of, those Those two are where I'm at. How about you? I have been painting some more minis, which I've been enjoying a lot. And I've actually been playing Idle Champions. So um, nice. a lot of people I know play the game and I was like, oh, let me see what this is about. And so I started playing it and I did not understand the game at all. Um, because as per usual, the stuff comes up that tells you through what stuff does. I'm like, I don't, whatever, I don't care. I'll just play it. I'll figure it out as I go. Uh, but I think I have finally started to figure it out. And so now I'm playing that. And uh, I, I would say it's not like my favorite game, but the thing I like about it is I can jump on it for five to 10 minutes and then pop out. And then nice. you still progress. You still gain coins while you are away from the game. Uh, so I'm excited. But I also just backed a humble bundle that came with a bunch of board games i really have been looking at and wanting uh for steam though so you can play them online with people it's still good for Fun. another couple well it'll be over by the time the podcast comes out but um yeah it's awesome like mysterium which is clue but way 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 better is on it so I'm excited to play with my friends so nice yay <laughs> Yay, yay. We're all going analog puzzles. We are. Even, well, anal digital analog for us. You're, yeah. you're actually taking that old school. Uh, I've also been playing D&D. I started it. We're calling it Broken Bane uh, by like Seven Spoon, our good buddy. Um, we're playing nice. Gardens of Fog for Take This, which 
getting in the feels already. It's, a, it's a definitely a module that will get you in the feels. It will. That's how it, what it's built for. Yeah. Yeah. My D and D campaign, we are on our level 20 like mission. Now we're up to level 17. So like, we're just fighting like God tier level things. That's it's so hard. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really intense. And like the, I play a bard and bards are awesome and amazing. And I've got definitely some utility, but like our paladin does over a hundred damage each time they take wow. a turn. Our cleric will do like massive amounts of healing or massive amounts of damage with their spell. Our monk like shuts things down. And I'm the bard who's like, I'll give you five points of healing and I'll distract the monster. So it has disadvantage on its head. And that's about <laughs> all I can do. Oh, look, I just, I died again. <laughs> oh no. <sighs> but yeah, so that's, that's been fun. If you hear shuffling behind me, it's I have a small human in my room. Well, humans are allowed. Oh my gosh. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and have our main talk today. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons streams? Who doesn't? Come check out Geeks Like Us Clinical Role, Mondays from 9 to 12 EST. Or ask his Dr. Megan, Canel takes her psychologist friends through the Underdark into pirates? Oh, I want to be a pirate. Oh, get my sword. Anyway, Clinical Role, Mondays, 9 to midnight, on the Geeks Like Us Twitch channel. <laughs> and we're back. So today what we're going to be talking about is commencement ceremonies. It is that time of year, but it is also a weird time because no face-to-face -face graduations are really happening. Um, I have a question for you all. Do, you, do either of you have humans in your lives who are graduating this year? I do. I do. Um, most of them I cannot talk about. <laughs> uh, my best friend from high school, uh, her son is graduating this year. And um, I talked to her a few weeks ago and she was very upset that he was not going to have his graduation. And she was getting like even teared up. And I am much more pragmatic in nature just generally. And I was like, well, do you really want to be in a closed space with like a thousand people like I wouldn't want that and she he didn't seem to mind but she was very much like this isn't the way it's supposed to be he's supposed to have the ceremony it's supposed to be a thing blah 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 um so I know everyone takes it differently and it's and it's a hard if that's something that you expected to have right it's a big disappointment yeah absolutely I feel like that sucks. A lot of what I'm seeing too is family members caring almost more than the person who ought. But I feel like that's part of part of it, right? Like, yeah, it's the it is the pomp and circumstance, not to be punny, because it's like it's about celebrating the person. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's like what's the word? I know there's a psychology word and I can't think of it, but it's like unmet expectations, right? It's like no prom. That one would have would have hurt me more than no graduation. It's like you have this expectation yeah. that you'll have all these fun things with your friends closer into you than six feet away, <laughs> and you're not getting yeah. any of them. And and yeah, right. that's unfortunate. It sucks. Well, I think it's hard too because like for you know seniors, whether it's college or high school or grad school or wherever they didn't know when their last day of school was and like yeah it's 
you know, I think back to my high school graduation and um, actually, no, sorry. It was the year before I graduated, the salutatorian. No, oh, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> uh, thinking back to the year before I graduated, the salutatorian gave a speech and the start of his speech was his last ride in a yellow school bus and recognizing when he was having his last ride and like how cool it was to know something is the last time. And like, um, very ceremonial. It is. And, and I think there's something to be said for like the last time you close your locker in high school yeah. or the last time you step out of a classroom in grad school or college. And then to have that just be a random day where you stepped out and you were told spring break is early or extended. And then now it's, you're never going back. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, that's, it's a sense of closure, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. lacking closure. Well, then now everybody has access to the internet and everybody has access to a camera. Not everybody. I know those are points of privilege, but for those who do, everybody has the ability to record a, a graduation speech now. There's no longer the invitations and the, the excitement of like, oh, this person's going to speak at my graduation. Look at what my school did. It's like anybody and their mom literally making videos congratulating people. But mm -hmm. I feel like the ways in which people are trying to celebrate are so all over because we're all trying to fill that gap that we feel for everybody else. And it's like, oh, I, I hope that the students are also feeling validated where they're at with it too. Cause it's like, there's a lot of assuming and, and nostalgia that we're all feeling and thinking about when we're in these experiences and like, oh, my high school graduation, blah, blah, blah. And we can all, I'm sure, think about it and be like, oh yeah, that's what that was like for me. And this, is, this was like, we were already doing that. Like, this was so important to me, closing my locker, saying goodbye for the last time, looking at the school with wanton closure of like, oh, an early times in my life and then driving away or going and celebrating and doing something afterwards versus like, don't die, go home, never again. That's gotta feel so many more things than just like, you're doing great. Now you're going from going on a stage to going to your couch. Yay. Like, oof. The, oof. Yeah. The, the possibility of tone deaf is so rapid. It is. Well, and the thing I think you're referring to is a, uh, horrible commencement speech that uh Rachel you found how did you find that by the way oh, it was so bad I found it because somebody retweeted it and said um similar to what I said like oh it was the senator from Nebraska so if you want to see it the senator from Nebraska just gave the worst commencement speech in history and I was like how bad could it be oh friends it is quite bad worse than you can imagine and somebody made a, a very appropriate comment saying someone should check in on him I think he's not doing well um it was laced with like hostility and it was um it was just terrible in every imaginable way if he was joking it didn't land and if he yeah. wasn't pardon my language child listeners cover yours but holy crap like that is an undersell of the swear word I wanted to say <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say that's putting it mildly I realized. And then I realized that I'm witnessing little ones on screen. So I'm like, mm, I should dial it back. Even <laughs> Three measures. Like one. Helpful for me in my language filter. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> even I just, do have headphones on, so. <laughs> Uh, even just one tidbit of the speech that was about psychologists and he made some kind of not really funny joke about how you shouldn't major in psychology and all 10 psychologists who are employed i'm sure they make a good gainfully employed yeah no don't be really no don't study psychology but then at the end his message if you make it all the way to the end no is that all you need is grit it's like okay grit is not a definable term what do you mean he didn't explain. Is it persistence? Is it resilience? Is it all these things? I don't know that you could foster in a therapeutic context, maybe. Is it the things that psychologists study and define? Possibly. No. They're not important. Don't study psychology no, and, no. and this grit will be fine. No, because we just help people forget about high school. <laughs> yeah. We're not salty at all. No. That <laughs> well, was sarcasm for those who did not <laughs> see it. He stated that several times he over. Did. That is not what we do. Yeah. Yeah. no and, and like it was just so belittling like I think about yeah. the high schoolers that I, I work with and I see and I know who have taken nine APs and honors classes and done clubs and sports and worked so hard and then to get up there you know to get up and say like oh you just want to forget all about high school you know like yeah high school is a weird time for everybody because we're all growing and developing mm-hmm. and working on trying to have our bodies and brains become adult and they're not quite ready for it yet and some days we're really good at being mature and some days we're terrible at it um just to belittle like the effort and to say like oh you're young you don't know what you're doing it felt very flippant and again like i'll try to give him the benefit of the doubt i think he might have been trying to be be funny and make jokes but just he's he's the guy at the bar who laughs at his own jokes (laughs) yep yep my thing is at the end of the day you spent 14 years working towards this arbitrary goalpost that a bunch of adults have set before you dismissing it is the most offensive way to approach it minimizing it is the most offensive way to approach it and also however you're feeling about it out there high school listeners which i don't know how many of those we've got but i'm gonna preach to all of you you did great whatever ended up being your last day of school i'm sorry that was your last day of school i wish that you had those days of having the adults shove the yearbooks at you so you can get them signed among your peers or maybe you love the yearbook maybe you don't even have yearbooks anymore i'm old i don't know maybe like i i wish that you had your proms and i wish all of those things for you and i i'm sad and hope that you're able to Find ways to celebrate with your peers as you can. For those of you going through college and grad school and everything else, you did amazing and you you got through the thing, especially at the tail end when the push is the hardest part. And like, I felt like, I felt like a betrayer. I felt like I was getting away with a crime at my doctoral graduation because I hadn't finished my dissertation, but they make you walk arbitrarily in May. And I finished and I presented and defended in August. And so I was up there feeling like a cheater. (laughs) And then later felt better about it. But I'm sad you don't even get the opportunity to go through that. You don't get a choice. And that's the the terrible part. You don't get a choice. I'm sorry you don't get that choice. Yeah. Oh, and I, it, it does break my heart. Like there's parts of the commencement ceremony 
I, I think most people are glad are not happening this year. Because I, I will say definitely like having sat through several, there's a lot where you're just like, can this just please, please, please be over. Yeah. Um, and then there's other parts where it's like, this is cool. Like I love seeing the reading of the names and getting everybody across the stage, you know, the few awards, the um, speeches and things of the students. But like very rarely do the invited speakers, I think, add very much to the graduation. Do you remember who the invited speakers were at your graduation? I remember my high school one, <laughs> honestly. And here's why. Um, mm -hmm. They were trying to invite some bigwig to my high school graduation who had to cancel last minute. So then they got this guy who uh, worked with American Express, but he was an alumni of the high school. And so what he talked about was the memories of the campus and his memories of being at that school and how they carried him forward. And so it was very personal because it was like, um, a, one of the privileges I've had in my life was, um, I, not a privilege, I was bullied incredibly terribly in public school. And so my parents took me out of public school and put me in private school, which equated to a boarding school for my high school. So I was very, very privileged to go to a boarding school and it's a beautiful school. And him being able to talk about the beauty of the campus that we had and like how fun it could be on a Saturday night to lay down on the soccer field and stare up at the stars and stuff that like the students just, we did and knew he knew about that. So it was very personal. I do not remember the commencement speech of for my master's or my doctorate. I do remember a little bit from my bachelor's though, because I was told not to be a jerk. <laughs> oh, I don't remember any of them. Although I didn't go to my high school graduation. Um, there was a tornado warning. I'm from Texas. Um, and I didn't think it was worth risking going in a tornado warning. So I didn't go. Um, I went to my bachelor's and my master's and then my doctorate. I also didn't bother going because I was living in a different country at the time and I didn't want to fly back. But for me, it, it, it didn't matter as much for the doctorate because you, I think you feel like you finished when you have your defense. Like I didn't need yes. that extra moment of, of commemoration. And I feel like it's different with high school or with your yes. bachelor's because it's like your first real big academic educational achievement. I'm sad for the kids who are going from middle school to high school. I'm sad for the kids going from elementary school to middle school, like all of those transitionary stages. Like it's, and it's hard on everybody. All Leave of it. My, my youngest one who up until recently sitting in the room with me, she's getting her preschool graduation next week, but it's going to be freaking heartbreaking because what it is, is we're all going to be in a parking lot parked six feet apart and have the kids stand at the tailgate of their cars. See, that's almost sadder than doing nothing, honestly. That's just sad. <laughs> yeah, because they can't touch each other. They can't yeah. give hugs. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. Because my yeah. favorite part of my whole graduation, the thing that made me feel not so much like a cheater anymore, was shaking the hand of my dissertation chair and seeing the pride on her face and getting a hug. Like, that stuff like brings tears to my eyes even right now. It's so sad that people are gonna miss out on that. But also like, like you, Rachel, I feel like that's a really good parallel of your tornado warning. That feeling of it's not worth it, which is what everybody's facing right now. It's not worth it 
to risk the lives of how many people to do this ceremony? Because we all need to survive in order to be able to do the things we do and to be able to like later celebrate. Yes, which you will be able to, right? You want to celebrate with all your friends from high school. I totally get that. And you will be able to, just not when you expected it to happen. I just hope they let them go through the school, like go in the halls and go like have a lock-in. I don't know if that's a thing anywhere else in Minnesota, where I'm from, (laughs) we did lock-ins to like celebrate the ending of things. And we'd be at the school past the hours and the teachers were always crabby and tired, but we'd do these big events and it was fun. And I don't know, they had like a casino room where jokes on us, we use tickets and earn prizes, but like, I don't know, you know, it's the silly stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, and it it is, it's all those things of like coming together and doing things together. And we just can't do those right now. And it is, it's so sad. And like, I do feel so for, all of the graduates and people going out there and like it's oh you know I, I posted this a while ago on my social medias but like it's okay to be sad yeah it doesn't mean you're a bad person it doesn't mean you're a selfish person like in January we all felt like we could predict with you know a high level of accuracy what six months would look like and lo and behold yep. less than six months later there's no pro sports in America right now which what the hell (laughs) right conventions are being canceled left and right you know nobody's going anywhere doing like this is not if look if last year you told me this is what america was going to look like in a year i'd be like uh right what book are you reading this sounds like a really interesting post you know dystopian future yes and here we are Uh, and so it is okay to grieve the loss of normalcy and like I, i think and you know, Rachel, you were talking about this with your friend, like for a lot of people, it's the parents who are feeling it more than the kids mm-hmm. because like yeah. for parents, it's this thing, like you've been helping to get your kid through high school or, you know, you want to see them graduate college and that's taken away from you. And even though it's something for your kid to some celebrate your kid's accomplishment, like it, I think for a lot of parents, it can feel like the stamp of approval of like, I did my part to get my kid to be a functional human. I got them through here and so that they can do this thing. And like, yeah, it's a ceremony. There's still going to be a functional human without the ceremony, but it's still like, you know, that the reward for all your hard work in a way. And it's a buildup, right? To that moment. Yeah. You're, you, like I said, with the PhD, like you feel like you have finished it when you pass your defense. That is a, a moment. You know, like when I have this moment, I will be done. And I feel like the same as with the graduation ceremony. Yeah, you've taken all your finals and you, you've done, you know, you have your SAT scores or whatever it is, but you're waiting for that moment to feel like ah, it's all behind me. And that was taken from you. And that, you know, that's hard. I mean, even in my graduation, I remember so clearly my parents wanting to go to the ceremony and I was like are you looking at the television like there's a tornado coming for like the exact place that the ceremony is um and eventually they digressed because I was like it's my ceremony if I don't care about going like but yeah my parents wanted it much more than I did much Mm -hmm. more well and it's that appreciation of the developmental milestone that parents don't always get like how under and overwhelming is it to witness the the like the first steps of your child because there is no pomp and circumstance it's like holy shit, my kid just took a step. And maybe I did see it. Maybe I didn't see it. Like, whoa. And I'm not even a parent and I can recognize that. Like, 
but to have that ceremony be such a solidifying closure experience of like, yep, my child has made it. I helped them here. They thank the parents. They thank the teachers because it is a huge effort on everybody's part to help children get to the point where they're at in that ceremony, no matter how arbitrary and dumb it feels for kids, where they're like, I'm waiting to go to Dairy Queen. Let's go. <laughs> the rest of us are like, oh, Joey's grown up. Yeah. Joey. The child I arbitrarily made up. <laughs> oh, Joey. <laughs> oh, but like, it, it is. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I, I remember a few years ago, though, seeing a really interesting article where it said, um, gosh, I'm not going to remember the exact numbers. I think it was two thirds of each group. Um, for bachelor's degree graduation ceremonies or something like I'll say two-thirds but please don't quote me on it I could be wrong but like around however many more than half more than half of the people graduating uh, only went to their commencement ceremony for their parents and if they didn't think their parents wanted to be there yeah. they would not graduate go across the stage to graduate and the parents only go to the graduation ceremony to support their kid they really don't care about going to the graduation ceremony which I found really interesting. Like, okay, so this is saying that we're missing the mark with this thing, and we maybe need to revamp this ceremony. So I, that's a question I would have for both of you. If you could revamp commencement ceremonies, what would you do to make them more pleasant and memorable and still have that proper pop and circumstance? During my doctoral, <laughs> Don't worry, Rachel, I got you. For the listeners, she's making the face like, ooh, on the hot spot. Uh, <laughs> I, um, as, as is common, and you guys can tell me if this was your experience as well, um, but we did, on the night before graduation, we had, when everybody's family was theoretically in town, all the loved ones, all the supports came in, we had a formal dinner with appetizers and dinner and whatever, and the school put it on, and I went to a private college, so I'm sure this is also partially, like, a thing that private colleges do because they can and we paid for it but um we, we had a ceremony the, a robing ceremony where they bring you your graduation robes and your hood and you uh, uh, the, that's what it was a hooding ceremony and so you have your robes and you bring them but you don't zip them you just have them open and so it's much more casual but you wear fancy clothes because um because it's about honoring the graduates and it was just a small dinner where you got to sit with your peers and sit with your family and celebrate. And each person's dissertation chair went up and described the work you did on your dissertation, even if it's not done. And they explained the work that you did as a student and hallmarks as you were as a student and recognize you, everybody clapped. And then the next chair came up and explained their student. And even though, Despite their grand efforts at understanding video games, my my chair and reader did not fully, like my chair did better than my reader, but the, he, he didn't fully, fully, fully grasp. Like he did a beautiful job explaining the best he could about what I did with video games. <laughs> it was really sweet. And that's what I, that's what I really enjoyed. So I would make it smaller. I would make it concentrated, like college graduations, make it down to the college and that's it. Don't make it the whole university's graduation. Then it's like the College of Engineering, the College of Science. It's like, no, engineering has their graduation. Science has their graduation. 
do it that way. In high schools, you could do it. Yeah, that's harder. Because, like, I went to high school. My graduation was, like, 600-some people. The, the bigger the crowd, the harder it is. But mm-hmm. it was it was that intimate hooding ceremony was really lovely because it was short and sweet. It was, like, an hour and a half. We all were there. Our families were there. It was so touching and wonderful. And then we went on, and it was like, I don't need tomorrow. This was great. That hooting ceremony sounds lovely. Um, we had, for my master's, we had a reception before the graduation for the parents. It was also private school, so that it might be a private school thing. Um, and that was really nice. They didn't give, like, individual speeches. But, you know, they came around and they talked. And, like, the head of the department would talk to the parent because it was a small enough school. And I could say something about, you know, your, your child and, and their time there. Um, I was going to say make them smaller. Um, when I did my master's graduation, I was in the School of Counseling Psychology. We were the first ones to go. I remember sitting in like the second row. I got my diploma like five minutes in and then it was like the school of law. <laughs> and, you look, and it's like a thousand people. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. no, we're sitting here forever. Um, so yeah, I think smaller would help. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be what I would do as well. S- smaller and I, I, I'm kind of torn on like the commencement speech by an outside speaker. Like, it it can be good, but like I th- it seems like this I don't know, like celebrity grab almost nowadays. For sure. Maybe it's always been that yeah. way, but yeah, you know, it's like I like it when it's a student. Celebrity. Like yeah, and like the the um the student speeches always were incredibly meaningful and powerful. I think. Well, and relevant, right? Because it's like this is a person that you know or you at least went through things with, even if you never knew them by name or person, like they were there doing the thing you were doing. So there's some connectivity there compared to like, if I were theoretically graduating, I would very much enjoy many celebrities and and particular politicians to do a speech, but I don't know that that would be as meaningful as a peer. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like the idea of like, you know, the speaker who gives you some wisdom or something, but like, cause like, honestly, the uh, speech we had uh, for my undergrad where it was, don't be a jerk, useful advice. And like, I obviously stuck with me. Um, what I remember about that speech though, too, was it was relatively short. <laughs> um, it, so my yeah. bachelor's degree is in music. And so like our speech was by, is a pretty big wig music producer and his thing was like don't be a music snob you know he's like uh, kenny g was having a birthday party and he didn't want live musicians there because they all looked down on him he's like so those are musicians who lost a gig because they were snobs like don't be a snob and you will work (laughs) (laughs) i I don't that was i think that was pretty much the whole speech (laughs) i love it well that's nice too right because it's not about that person it's about the students. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. No, I agree. Like, make it smaller, make it more intimate. <laughs> I, was, I was just saying, maybe I, I agree with the student speeches, um, but maybe if you also want to have like a big wig, maybe it should always be alumni, like you were saying about your high school. Like, there's a mm-hmm. special connection there about That's a big fair. alumni. Good call. Oh, that'd be cool. Well, in a couple of sentences, do you? all have words of wisdom or like your commencement thesis for the graduates of 2020. 
Rachel, go. Oh, goodness. Um, congratulations, class of 2020. Um, in, oh, you can't change what's happening around you, but you can always change your reaction to it. So while this is disappointing and you can absolutely feel disappointed and sad and angry and whatever emotion you're feeling right now, um, we can also choose to move forward tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Hopefully this pandemic is not the end of the world and there will be a brighter and better future for us tomorrow. So just remember that you always have control over your reaction and your behaviors, um, even when we, our environment is out of control. I would say mine is don't forget to honor yourself. I know that that might feel cheapened right now and I concur you're going to feel whatever you're feeling right now and a lot of it's probably not great but don't forget to honor yourself because even if you don't you're still gonna hopefully have the opportunity to do that one day but I'd rather you honor yourself twice than not honor yourself at all. I like it. I think mine would probably be similar to Rachel's of just you know it's a strange time, but take care of yourself. And like, I should now think, I had something in mind, but now I'm changing it. I'm doing it on the fly, doing it live. Do it. We need creators, we need art, we need beauty more mm -hmm. than ever. And so to those who have decided to spend their time in pursuit of art, in pursuit of literature, in pursuit of film, we need those things. And they add so much value to us. And so don't forget to make art and to make things and to create and creation is one of the best things that humans can do and it is so valuable and even in this strange and weird time and maybe especially in this strange and weird time we need creators more than ever mm -hmm. all right so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to go over what we've been noodling on are you looking for a book to talk to children about girls do you want to see little ladies solving their own problems by Pragmatic Princess today on Amazon by Dr. Rachel Cohort. Megan's looking at me like it's time. And we're back. And it's getting slowly smaller. <laughs> Rachel had to go. She had another meeting. I was late starting because I had another meeting before this. We're all busy professionals. Busy, it's like busy. We're, we do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> getting work done getting work done. So Sarah, what have you been noodling on? What's been, what's been going on in your... <sighs> so neutering and logistics because... <laughs> <laughs> neutering. <laughs> neutering. So we have two dogs. My older dog, Atlas, is um, a two and a half year old border collie who is intact, which means he still has his testicles. Uh, and... <laughs> We just got a baby girl puppy. And as much as breeding them sounds like a great time and having another litter of puppies, it's a lot. So we're gonna get our big guy neutered. Also because we tried to keep him intact to help him with his growth plate and his development for his body to prevent hip and joint issues when he's older. But now that he's old enough, he's clearing out the developmental areas of the age of dog. Uh, he's starting to get stubborn and not listen beyond the expected amount when we're trying really hard to train him consistently and he's also starting to get barky at other dogs that are boys so we have to do something about it because we want to be good citizens um so he's getting the snip next week and we pushed it to next week because uh any later and we would miss the theoretical window where we are traveling to minnesota to get a change of pace and to stay in my parents house and help them out as the weather gets warmer 
Um, they have a separate area in their home where we can stay for two weeks in quarantine, and then we can join in with them. And so driving to Minnesota from Washington is oh my, a lot to coordinate with two dogs. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm noodling that. on. I've done that drive before. It is a lot. It's pretty. Yeah. It's I beautiful. Just counting, counting cell phone towers. Because <laughs> there's not there's... a lot else to see. So it's like, oh, there's a cell phone tower. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you cross, if you drive it right, you cross three mountain passes. So, because mm-hmm. there's the Cascades and then there's the Rockies. And then I don't remember what other. And I found out that my wife had never driven over mountains the first time we did the drive. And that was scary. Oh God. <laughs> With a very full, very full SUV and a trailer behind that was very packed. So now this oh is gonna be like easy. Easy. Oh, you guys got this. So, It'll be fine. Yeah, no big deal. So we got oh a new God. car, which is great. And then we're gonna have just the dogs and a couple suitcases. So it'll be much better. <laughs> oh, but wow. soon you'll hear the, the the sultry tones of my voice from another state in central time. Excellent. Oh, be lovely. <laughs> How about you? What you noodling on? Um, relaxation and self care. I am incredibly bad at it. I preach preach it to other people, <laughs> um, and really tell people to make sure they take time for themselves and do things. And I am inherently just awful at it for myself. Um, and so my family has actually made a request for me to take more time to self care and to play games and things. And so trying to figure out the logistics Good. of that, like. I really would love to sit down and play some of the games I have like for a very long time, but like I have younger kids and they want my attention and like my nostalgia mm-hmm. kind of kicks in and I'm like, they're not always going to want my attention. They're going to be like, whatever, mom, I don't want to talk to you. And I'll be like, okay, then I will now, <laughs> now I will play Sea of Thieves or now I will play, um, so the, uh, Pillars of Eternity, like a, mm-hmm. and so like, it's hard to figure that out. Um, so the thing I have landed on though is painting minis because I can kind of do a twofer for that. I've been watching uh, the Netflix series, The Crown, while I paint Ooh. my minis. Um, the Crown is a great show to have on while you're crafting because you don't have to be watching the TV. Like there's certain parts like that you can tell when you want to look up and watch a couple frames, but for the most part, you just need to listen to it. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And it, I love to like exploring the psychology of like, why am I so interested in the Royal family? Like they, you know, and what is this about and how, but uh, it's a good series too, just because it, um, I never really thought about how difficult of a time Elizabeth's had because she's been monarch mm-hmm. since 1953, I think. Wow. That's when, yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, so long as reigning monarch, but like also just think about how much the world has changed. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, it, and it, it's like I trying to be the head of state in a world that is just changing so much in terms of politics, class, society, how women are treated, how, how monarchies, you know, all of these things is mm-hmm. just. It, an incredibly difficult job and so it's Mm -hmm. i think in many ways built up empathy but also um definitely binged shira last weekend so if you haven't watched it please do i want to talk about it with many people because it's so freaking good it's so good it's up next on my list i also started watching the great in an effort to have a show in common with kelly it is very witty and very funny 
Um, but oh. She-Ra is next on my list as oh. well. Good. So You're gonna that it. should be starting very soon. Oh my gosh. It's I've so heard good. people have joked that the last season is the most queer. <laughs> so I'm very yes. excited about that. Oh yeah. Well, the whole, <laughs> the whole series is yes. from start to finish. It is, yes. but like the last season more so, but like it's beautiful and like uh, centered on friendship and redem- like the thing I like about it is it's good writing. There's good character development and good growth and like the changes in personality and the changes in the character that you see are believable and so i just it's Ooh. it's my heart i love it please watch it like it i will noel stevenson who was the one who adapted it for tv tv netflix i don't know <laughs> it's good and i the way they ended it too like they kind of left it open for two possible spinoff series so like everything i have is crossed Ooh. that there's going to be spinoff series <laughs> i would bet they are though animators right now are living their life yeah, I would bet so. This is the time. It is. All right. Well, there's two of us. We're gonna end it. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> no. Have you thank you, you for listening? What, yeah, thank you for listening. If you want to share what your brain's been noodling on, please tweet at geeks like us and let us know the things that you've been thinking about and yes. your message to the people who are graduating this year. And our hearts are with you. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Brain Noodles is a production of Geeks Like Us. Your hosts for this podcast are doctors Megan Connell, Kelly Dunlap, Rachel Cowart, and Sarah Sawyer. Music for this podcast is The Life of Riley by Kevin McLeod. Audio edited, mixed, and mashed by Amelia Herbst. Follow Geeks Like Us on Twitter at G33KS like us. That's at G33KSLIKEUS. Until next time, keep noodling.